You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, outside the trenches, the latest headlines, stories, and rumors, plus a blind mill segment where nobody knows what's going to happen. The latest outside the trenches, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream, a holiday distillery favorite, starts now. Let's go to Tucker Franklin. Welcome in to Outside the Trenches here on KC Sports. I've got a live edition of Outside the Trenches as we are getting into that kind of that season mode, that in-season content mode here at KC Sports. I've got Tucker Franklin joined as always by Nick Lucky and Brian Hanley. Very excited to get you guys going. It's technically a game week in Kansas City as we got a I almost said a spring training game. We we That's might what it feels like. Might as well be treated as a spring training game because it feels like it's already coming up so early. Just feels like the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. Uh, But we got a a preseason game coming up on Sunday. We're here to talk about, obviously, you see the title of the video title of the podcast. We're talking about uh, Eric Bieniemy and some a little bit of the news um, as we get going there. As he he starts with the uh, Washington Commanders, we're going to talk some stadium and obviously get into the blind nail portion of the podcast, which you all know and love. First, Nick Lucky, how are you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, if you're if you're watching this live, you see the new look. But just basically, I want you guys to see what I look at on a daily basis. And yeah, so it's a sparse, minimal basement. And uh, look at art. That's what I look at. Mm. Looking at art, Big B. How you been? It's been a minute since we've all gotten together. How are you? I am doing all right, man. Uh, just got back from little vacation with the misses. Feeling good. Ready to get going, man. Good. I always got to have that little recharge right before. A back to school, and you also got the uh, the football season all coming right back together. Always got to get recharged for that. But let's go ahead and dive into today's topic that we got. Uh, obviously, Eric Bieniemy, longtime offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not a surprise. I don't think when, when people saw the story coming out that people in Kansas City were like, "Oh yeah, we knew Eric Bieniemy is pretty intense." If you go out to training camp, you can hear him yelling at those guys all the time. Uh, but a very interesting. Back and forth, maybe you could say, between uh, Ron Rivera, Eric Bieniemy. He went to the podium. All back and forth. Brian, I want to get your thoughts on this first. What What are your general thoughts on it? I'll pull up the quotes so I can read them, but first, sure. uh, what was your thoughts? My first thought was, look, apparently it is open season on coaches pushing other coaches <laughs> under the bus because I thought this was about – it wasn't as, as Bush League as Sean Payton, but this was bad. I mean – you got guys coming to your head coach. First of all, I think that's ridiculous. Look, we're all grown men. If you got a problem with a coach and how he talks to you, it is what it is. It's coach speak, but it sounds like a lot of people are taking it personal. Just go talk to him. I dealt with some of that in college, and I'm sure we've all dealt with that, you know, playing football. If you don't like it and you think it's personal, have a conversation. That's all you got to do. For them to go run to the coach, it's ridiculous. But then for Ron Rivera, to just come out and just basically say, well, you know, Jack Del Rio has a better way. He's been a head coach, and, you know, he looks at it this way, and Eric Bieniemy hadn't done it before. I'm like, unbel- I-, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Reading is absolutely insane, man. Just insane. It is, too. And it's when you talk about, like, losing control of a locker room, too, when you got people divided – I mean, like, like in during camp, I guess it's it's early enough to to get things turned around, but it does provide some things that if you start out zero and two, zero and three, man, things aren't right in La La Land, you know, out, out in Virginia. So you're gonna it's it could go spiral really quickly, right? So it'll be super important for them 
to get a couple wins under the belt to start the season, or it's going to be a long year, and you might need the answer to my blind mill question. <laughs> oh, muted rookie bush league stuff on my end i was muted uh still get hey look preseason for everybody uh a little bit of a tease there from nick there on the on the uh the the blind nil segment but i i want to read the quote and i want to read the question that ron rivera was asked in the quote and uh it's a long quote from ron <laughs> rivera here he was asked have players had to adapt to eric Bieniemy's intensity and have any struggled with it at times and he said quote yeah, they have. And one of the biggest things is I had a number of guys come to me and say, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you. I think as they go, they'll talk and they'll listen to him. It's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Again, you're getting a different kind of player from the players back in the past, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. So a lot of these young guys, they do struggle with certain things. And a lot of it is what is from where they've been. I mean, guys coming from certain programs are used to it. Guys coming from other programs aren't as much. So us as coaches, as a coach, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. Eric has an approach and it's the way he does things and it's not going to change because he believes in it. Jack Del Rio has an of his approach. Having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try to figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, Hey, this is it. This is the way it's going to be that type of stuff. Eric hasn't had that experience yet. There was a follow-up question to that. When they came to you, it's just, they felt Eric was riding them too hard. He answered, well, um, they were just a little concerned. So a very interesting quote. Uh, Ron Rivera did since come out and say he put his foot in his mouth uh, by in that kind of a uh, whole. <laughs> too late. Like, too late. Too, way too late, right? Exactly. <laughs> there's no whoops. There's no whoops, but this ain't TiVo. No. You can't rewind it and you know, no. delete it. You know, not going to happen. It's a live show. Right. right? Two places like, already on tube. Oh, man. Um, I, it, honestly, I hate to say this, but like, there's a different generation of players. It, it truly yeah. is. Where if if you can't be, if you're not used to someone yelling at you, or or as Barney Stinson would say from How I Met Your Mother, one of the greatest shows of all time, um, somebody talked loudly near you, right? <laughs> and if you can't handle that, you know, it's like, come on, man. Because to me, it's like I always tell people, and I tell my my kids this at an early age when I'm coaching them during you know youth sports. It's when coaches stop getting on you. That's 100%. when you out. That's 100%. when you're like, oh man, I'm getting cut. They don't even talk to me. Like, so be prepared for the flip side. Yeah, I just I I couldn't believe that he went that route because the answer to that is so easy. But at the same time, you're right, Nick. It's just like, look, coaches are going to coach. Their jobs are on the line. And yes, I I, I get it that it can be personal. A lot of MFSU and that that's football talk. Now. Does it have to be personal? Probably not. But if it is, just take it and understand they're just trying to get the best out of you. You know, I mean, I just don't – I never thought that any of that stuff was personal. I guess I'm an old-school football player now, uh, being 47 (laughs) years old. That's crazy, but I guess I am. I'm okay with that. But at the same time, you just got to understand it's not personal. It's coaching. But you're right, Nick. Totally different type of football player these days. Athletes in general, not just football players. Yeah. And it's a different 
just generation in general. I think that might go into it a little bit as well as EB's an intense guy. That's not a secret. Like that was yeah. one of the things that it made EB mesh so well in Kansas City is him and Patrick would go at it on the sideline. Like that wasn't a, a very weird thing to see is like those guys be very passionate in their conversations. Um, and people sometimes would take it the wrong way. Obviously, like these guys are fighting like this is the wrong thing. Those guys are just very passionate and they care a whole lot. That's what like I think that's the thing about Eric Bieniemy, and he even had he was up at the podium, I think the day after, maybe even that same day, and they asked him kind of about it, and he said, "I'm always going to be loud. I'm going to be vocal. Always going to demand my uh, demand from my leaders." And he 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 said, "If he's not doing his job, my ass is getting fired. It's my job and my responsibility to make sure I'm getting our guys to do what I'm expecting them to do. That's how he does it. It's his approach." I don't think that like his his intense coaching style is out of touch, right? Um, I think that it it could be a little bit of both. I guess I'm going to talk about both sides of my mouth. I think that maybe his the way he's coaching isn't landing with the group of players, but I don't necessarily think the way he's coaching is a bad way to coach, if that makes sense. As long as he's consistent with it, that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. It's one thing where, where you're coaching in practice and then all of a sudden game day, you're brand new or you're doing something different or it switches from one day to the next. Just whatever your personality is, just be it consistently. And then that way you know what to expect. But if you're hot one day, if you're cold one day, if you're not bringing it, man, I mean, he's all energy, right? He's from that 504. So he brings the energy. He, he brings the life. He brings the intensity. And as a player, man, as a coach, that's your job. you got to motivate. Because it, it, it's tough day in, day out, you know, to stay motivated. If you get a guy that's consistent like that and he wants to win, that's how you change cultures. That's Absolutely. how you change cultures. Absolutely. And for the last time I checked, the Washington Commanders, not only do they need that, they wanted that. That's why they brought him yeah. there. Because they needed a change of culture. They needed something to change within that organization, especially on the offensive side of the football, to try to get them over the hump in a tough, tough division. So – you know, you can't be – I mean, the guy hasn't even coached a preseason snap yet, and you're already pushing him under the bus. I, I just <laughs> – unbelievable. Unbelievable. Two Eric Bieniemy and both Ron Rivera, both Andy Reid guys too. So it seems very yeah. weird for that to kind of um, happen like that. I, I think this year, especially with the, with the Chiefs, it was kind of expected that Bieniemy was going to move on, whether that be a head coaching job if he did get one – or just go like he did to Washington to just prove himself as an offensive coordinator. I don't know. It's kind of crazy that he has to do that personally. I think um, that he has to go elsewhere to try to do a job. But again, this could be uh, this comment from Ron Rivera. Maybe this was keeping him. Maybe some teams were hesitant of his coaching style when it comes yep. to that. Uh, from This is maybe seems like an indicator of teams were not very keen on his intensity that he brings uh, to these practices. And, you know, he yells at finish all the time. Like after every play, he's yelling finish at the running backs. He started as like, you know, a running back coach. And uh, I can remember hearing him out there yelling finish and and chiefs camp, to be fair, they still do that. They still yell finish. They still are about that. But uh, I think the enemy coming into an environment where they haven't much had that is definitely a disruptor. uh, Big B, as you mentioned, that's something that they wanted to happen. So very, a very weird circumstance all around. And Ron Rivera was probably the last guy anticipated to kind of throw the enemy under the bus, as I mentioned, because of both of those guys, Andy Reed guys, um, that's from the Andy Reed coaching tree. So um, very interesting topic, very interesting story uh, going on with a little bit of chiefs guys there too, with uh, both of those guys. Um, but uh, Nick, I want to talk about kind of the, the thing that you 
wanted to talk about is stadiums are incredibly interesting now. Uh, Jacksonville's building a, it seems like a cathedral at this point, uh, <laughs> a futuristic looking, uh, looking stadium. Tennessee's building what they're doing on their uh, riverfront, their waterfront area down there. Pretty much where the same stadium is going to be. I think they're just kind of building kind of what they did with old Bush, right? You remember they built around it and then they mm-hmm. tore Bush down and then finished it out. I think that's what they're going to do there. Um, but as I mentioned on one of our podcasts that we've done, I think prior, the AFC South will be the first conference with all domed stadiums, the first division, I should say, with all domed stadiums, which I find is wildly interesting. Uh, how do you think that this kind of impacts Kansas City's upcoming decision? You know, the Royals are ready to move out of, of the parking lot of, at Arrowhead. How do you think this impacts what they do? Well, I think the push is that that the NFL has has so much monetized, you know, the draft, the draft experience, you know, obviously the, the all the, the playoff games, everything like that. And then teams are seeing the, the, the 10x revenue that that you can get for if you're hosting a Super Bowl. And if you don't have a dome stadium, right, where they can't control the weather, you're not going to get a Super Bowl. It's been stated loud and clear, right? So it's been that's been the push and retractable roof, no retractable roof, all this good stuff, but you need a dome stadium. And for a team to get that, you know, every couple of years, man, that's huge revenue stream for, you know, the Kansas City market. So, you know, they're, they're looking at that and they're kind of using these as the uh, bellwether gauges to see how they're going to build, how they're going to do it. And here's the thing, you know, the couple of cities you think about, like Chicago, has never had a Super Bowl in Chicago, but you can't have one there without a dome stadium. Next thing you know, they're talking about building a dome stadium. I just think Kansas City is one of those places. When they redid the stadium before, I thought they should have put a dome then. I thought that was the perfect opportunity, and they talked about they didn't want to change too much of you know, the inner bowl. I'm like, well, what's a roof got to do with the inner bowl? I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> I just, I didn't understand that, but I get it. I get it. You know, the cold weather is part of it. It's part of the, you know, the experience for fans. It's also part of the, the home field advantage, you know, in a, a December and January game. I get that part, but having a Super Bowl would mean so much to Kansas City. And unfortunately, I mean, they did it in New York and it was a catastrophe. I mean, yeah. it, it was two degrees. I mean, it was absolutely catastrophe. It's not even football when, you, when you're dealing with that. The weather's got to be good. I know that a lot of people say that that's not football, but look, we're looking for, in the Super Bowl, the best possible game and environment for the players to perform. And in that case, you have to be able to control climate, and you need a stadium for that, or a dome stadium for that. Imagine how good Patrick Mahomes would be in a dome. Think about that. Yeah. You take you take the weather out of it, and you wouldn't have to deal with any of that stuff. That that's the first thing I go to. I'll pull up the I'll look at the splits for him in dome stadiums because I think it's it's pretty solid. I think he's been pretty good in his career yeah. in dome stadiums. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I believe Sam McDowell wrote a story for the Star a couple of weeks ago um, about how the Chiefs do want to stay at the Arrowhead current location that they have, and they think they need another renovation. Obviously, they need another renovation. There. It's one of the oldest, older stadiums in the NFL at this point, um, just with you know the, the history that they've had there at Arrowhead. And I don't think they want to really leave that spot either just because of the history that they have there. But as I mentioned, the Royals want to want to skip that parking lot. They want to go downtown. Yeah. So that gives them a little bit more room to operate there. But from mm-hmm. Sam McDowell's reporting, doesn't really sound like they want to add a dome or they want to add a, a complex out there, a, a little uh, – another Casey live block down there, the entertainment types district. They're more focused on 
just enhancing what Arrowhead is already. And I think that that would be a mistake. I, I think that if they don't this time around put a dome on Arrowhead or just like put a put the little sandy cheeks from SpongeBob glass dome around it so you can avoid all the weather. If they don't do that, I think that's a mistake. They Kansas City has become a spot where they have a World Cup now. Uh, they are a World Cup hosting city. They hosted the draft. They're hosting all of these events now. They're becoming a destination that I think the NFL wants to come to, especially with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, the success of, of the Chiefs. Hosting a Super Bowl here would be a, a huge thing for the city, but, uh, you know, the team as well. So uh, I think it would be a mistake if they don't put up a dome. Well, you know, and I would disagree because I would say uh, to host a Super Bowl one out of every 20 years yeah, or to maintain December advantage uh, maintain, you know, home playoff advantage in that cold weather. Uh, you know, all the fans that um, I remember I was, got, I was getting invited to games sometimes, so I don't have to rough it, but I was like, why are people bringing in cardboard uh, to the games? I don't know. You have to step on cardboard and it keeps you warm yeah. uh, during the, those cold weather games. So, uh, but yeah, I, I like the idea of sacrificing a little bit of monetary stream uh, over, over, you know, that home field advantage because, Soldier Field is a different ball game if the wind ain't swirling and it ain't yeah. cold as crap come right. November, December, right? I mean, that you lose your home for advantage and the Bears could, you know, suck even more than they, they already do. <laughs> and that would be difficult for them. But but who knows? Maybe you guys can tell me differently. Maybe I like what you said about the Casey Live. How would that be for concerts down there? Yeah. It could be I interesting. I, I just – I agree. Go ahead. I agree with the whole home field advantage thing. And like, and, and I definitely agree with, you know, how often they would have it because, you know, all these upgraded stadiums and stuff, it's going to move around. I mean, even Kansas city, as much as we love it, it's not Miami, you know, it's not yeah. Houston or Phoenix or new Orleans. It's, it's not those cities. They're going to get it every, it seems like every four years, one of those cities is going to get it. So it's not like it's going to come to Kansas City every five or six years. That's not going to happen. So, I, you know, the home field advantage means a lot. It, it absolutely means a lot. So that might be more important. Before we hit a break here, before we hit our first break, I want to read you the I, – I found the splits for Patrick Mahomes in Dome Stadiums. He's played eight games there. And he's won them all. Uh, he's eight and zero in dome stadiums. He is uh, two fifteen for three thirty eight. That is a sixty three percent completion percentage. Oh, uh, just over twenty five hundred yards, nineteen touchdowns, two picks, QBR of one hundred three. Um, so he's he's been all right. He's been pretty okay in domes. Um, three hundred twelve yards average. Yeah, pretty good. Wow, pretty good. <laughs> Solid so. average. That's like your career best and that's just his <laughs> average right that's a, yep. a domed average that'd be wild but then that, that and that's what the nfl wants to see right nfl i get I, I like i completely get why the nfl wants to see a neutral site and in, in a living room environment to to get it done it makes sense but as a former player honestly i love kansas city i live here i don't want to come here in february no you know i want to go to arizona i want to go to miami i want to go to yeah. la like yeah. you know like build another stadium in san diego again I'm gonna go yeah. San Diego, right? Make it a, a adventure for the players. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I, I agree wholeheartedly. Don't want to come here in February. No, don't want to do it. Makes sense. All right, let's take a break. When we get back from a break, we're going to get to know Big B a little bit better. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. 
Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Here on KC Sports Network, this is Outside the Trenches, presented by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. Listen, it's not quite fall yet, but once it gets fall, once it gets that tailgating weather, Five Farms is the perfect thing to put into your coffee for those 11 a.m. kickoffs. If you're going out to a K-State game, if you're out at the, any of these 11 a.m. kickoffs, whether you got to face, and I think Mizzou plays, well, they play on a Thursday against South Dakota to open off the season. Listen, you might need some coffee on a Thursday to kick off your season against South Dakota. Use that five farms there, or that Irish cream liqueur. It's good stuff. But all right, let's get to know Big B a little bit better. Uh, let's let's just start. Let's start from from the beginning. Let's just we're gonna take this back to like uh, you know when you go around class and you say like, all right, what's your name? Where are you from? Uh, all right, one hobby about you. Um, let, let's just start where you're from, Big B. I am from Jeffersonville, Indiana, which when most people ask me, I always tell them I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, because it's right across the river. But technically, I was born in Louisville, but I was raised, went to high elementary, middle school, high school in Jeffersonville, Indiana. And then did you grow up playing football? I did. I did. Now, again, that area, even though it's Kentucky, that area is basketball insane. Um you know, Bobby it, Knight. That's the Bobby Knight Hoosiers uh, effect, huh? Yeah. I mean, it it kind of is. It, I mean, it is in Indiana, but I live closer to the University of Louisville oh. than my grandmother did, and she lived in Louisville. So, I mean, literally, it is right across the river. 
So it's it, that whole area was because within Kentucky is in Lexington is like an hour and 10 minutes east of Louisville, southeast. Then there's Louisville. And then Bloomington is literally like an hour and 20 minutes north. So that little triangle growing up, it was really fun being a college basketball fan. Really fun. Mm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. So, but I played football for sure. For sure. I was, my dad was a high school football coach. I mean, that was the first, one of the first memories that I have is him taking me to a football game and let me stand on the sidelines when I was three years old. So, you know, one of the things that I really loved about my dad is that when I was in middle school, like sixth grade, he would drive, you guys, let's say you're in Kansas City, it would be like driving from downtown to Olathe in rush hour traffic, waiting for me a half hour to get home from school just to drive back to downtown again still in rush hour traffic just so i could be with them so that's cool i love football i have loved football my whole life you asked me about a hobby i have some hobbies but my hobby is sports and i love football that's awesome yeah when when uh brian when we were first meeting and kind of talking one of my favorite uh stories that you told me was you didn't originally because you you know you got the K State stuff hanging up in the background. You didn't originally go to K State. I did uh, not. That's, no, that's the first college you went to. <laughs> no, no, my story. I, I mentioned earlier, college basketball is king where I live. So I basically I had an opportunity to play football. I, I did in at a high school, and for some reason or another, again I was a six two, two hundred and forty pound kid, um, but I decided to go play basketball. Um, and I went to Xavier, uh, in Cincinnati, that same Xavier that's in the, what is it? The big East now. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I went there, um, probably wasn't the best athletic decision for me. Uh, <laughs> How long did it take you to figure that because out? Because literally once I got there, I was struggling every day because they wanted me to lose 25 pounds. Every single day was a struggle. And finally, it just became too much. I was like, I'm, I can't do this. I literally, I'm eating nothing all day, and I'm, I'm gaining weight. I'm like, even going to practice, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Uh, one thing, though, I didn't really go about getting out and doing the whole transfer thing the right way. I just said, you know what? I'm just never going to go to class. Never went to class. <laughs> Eventually, Xavier says, you know what? You can't be here anymore. So that's what happened. <laughs> And so I ended up at Coffeyville Community College to play football. And uh, what position? Offensive line. And I never up. played offensive line in my entire life. In high school, I was a split out tight end and a middle linebacker. And then I went and played offensive line. Um, I'd never done it ever. Uh, even in high school, I, I wasn't blocking people. Um, that's just not what we did. Uh, but yeah, that was my thing. And it was the best decision of my life. Uh, I couldn't drive home. Xavier was in Cincinnati. It was an hour and 20 minutes away. I could drive home and did drive home all the time. You go to Coffeyville, Kansas, in the middle of nowhere. It was 10 hours away with no car. I'm not getting home. Um, I had to stay up there. I wanted to quit. My mom said, get home. I had no money. Hey, it's not even a Greyhound bus terminal <laughs> in Coffeeville. Maybe you wanted to, you couldn't even get home, man. Couldn't get all home right. if I wanted to. All right, so, so if, if you're listening at home, if you're listening at home, 
So Brian had never, never blocked a soul in his life. Cause I guarantee you no. at split end, he ain't blocking nobody. Right. Nobody. And he never been in the trenches, nope. never done anything like that. He's a, a pretty boy basketball player yep. uh, catching routes in high school. And yep. at Coffeville, they're like, get your big ass to O-line. Like, 100%. 100%. But now here's the thing. By that time. You were mad. You were at, on one to 10. How mad were you? Oh, I was furious. I, was, <laughs> I wanted to play defensive end. But I got there and I had gained like 45 pounds. Oh, because you were going to school. So yeah, you were drinking and so hanging out. That's okay. right. I had gained oh, 45 see, pounds. Go. So it was like, the blank. I couldn't even do the things that I used to do in high school. So there was no possibility to do it. But I will tell you this. Skip Foster was my coffee. He was the head coach, but he was also the offensive line coach. He whipped my ass into shape. The guy is amazing. He taught me how to block. He taught me hand placement. He taught me footwork. There was one thing I'll admit. I don't like tooting my own horn, but playing basketball, you got to have pretty good feet. And I was a pretty good basketball player. I mean, I got a Division One scholarship. So it, it, the, the foot stuff came easy to me. It was all about hand placement and leverage and stuff. Well, I remembered all that stuff that my dad just let me be around. You know, he wasn't coaching me when I was six years old or even in the sixth grade. He, he didn't coach me. But when you're allowed to just be around, it's amazing what you pick up as a kid when your dad just let you be there. So I remembered all those kinds of things, and it just kind of came natural. Uh, and I got pretty good at Coffeeville, and then Kansas State came calling, and it was time to go. Uh, but Coffeeville is the best experience of my life. I mean, some of the, my best friends in the world I met there. I met my wife there. Um, it's the best experience literally of my life. It made me a man because, again, I couldn't go home. Had yep. to grow up. I was a spoiled kid before. And when I left Coffeeville, first of all, I was older. I was 21 and I was an adult, knew what I wanted. And um, it's best best decision, forced decision, we should say, that I've <laughs> ever made in my life. All right. So you balled at Coffeeville. You did well. Mm -hmm. uh, also, also, uh, ladies and gentlemen listening, uh, being an offense lineman, win with your feet first. Yeah. So that's why you're successful. If you don't know hand placement, if you win with your feet first, that's 90% of the battle. Mm -hmm. um, so who recruited you to K-State? Were you recruited, uh, pretty heavily recruited, or were you a diamond? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I had some choices because, again, at high school, I had some choices. Yeah. So I was sent to Coffeeville by Tennessee, and I was all set to go back to Tennessee. Um, but then when it came time, I went on my recruiting trip, and they had told me, hey, man, we're losing four offensive linemen. We need you to come in. Well, just a quick little search turned out they were losing one offensive lineman. The guy that was going to replace him had played half the season the year before because the guy got hurt. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then Kansas State, I got recruited by Larry Kramer. Um, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and you still went. I still went, you know, I had a good, I actually had a really good recruiting visit there. Uh, but Dana Dimmel was also, he had taken the job. Um, I can't remember where he went. Wyoming. He had taken the job as I was being recruited, but he still recruited me hard to K-State. And he was like, look, we want you to play left guard. That's what we want you to do. We're losing some guys, but we want you to be your left guard. I was a left tackle at Coffeyville. He was straight up with me, and I just said, "I've look, I've done this college thing. You don't get to – most people don't get second chances. Well, I was fortunate enough to get a second chance. I said, I've had success in Kansas. I like Kansas. I like Kansas State. I'm staying out here. Now, 
the lady that turned out to be my wife, she also happened to live not that far away. So that made my decision a little easier, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, it was just, Hey man, again, I've, I've seen too many people. And we've all heard stories of people from their hometowns that, that don't do anything. And they had all this talent. And I'm like, I'm not going to be that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be that. I'm not going home. I'm going to stay out here and do my thing. And it worked out for the best. What year was that? 1997. I went to uh, the spring of 97 is when I went to K-State. Okay. So, so you enter, so you come in first camp and you're like, what the hell did I just sign up for? Yeah. Well, when I got there, there was like three in Coffeyville for some reason, it never snowed. It never snowed there. I go to Kansas state. There was like, it wasn't like a foot of snow, but it was like eight inches of snow. When I get there, I'm like, Oh my God, what is going on here? Now, again, I'm used to snow where I grew up. There's snow all the time, but I'm like, okay, walking to class. This is different, um, but it was okay. But yeah, the 97, uh, the speed of the game, it took me a minute during spring ball to figure that out. Cause as much as I love, you know, Coffeeville community college, it's glorified high school. That's, that's yeah. all Juco is. It's glorified high school. Well, with some sick athletes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, at K state, it wasn't glorified high school, you know? So <laughs> it took me a couple of practices to, to figure out the speed and guys were huge. And I said, okay, well, this is kind of what we got to do. Uh, my position coach was Mark Mangino. Kind of what I was talking to you about earlier. Mark Mangino was a cusser. Yeah. Um, he was yeah, a dog cusser hit you with the whistle. Yeah. All, all that. that he was in your face. And that's what I mentioned earlier is like, it was about the fourth practice and I just went to his office and I said, Hey, look, I'm an adult. I'm a man just like you are. I get the difference between coaching and humiliation. If you want to coach me hard and scream at me when I make a mistake, I'm all for it. Coach me up, teach me what to do. But when you do that and you're starting calling me names and, and doing this, 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 and this, I go, that's not coaching. And I don't respond to that because my father was a coach and I knew the difference. Yeah. I go, so just treat me like that. Don't treat me differently, but don't try to humiliate me because, again, I'm an adult. Just treat me like an adult. I can handle it. And he never did it again. He, he literally understood. Now, he coached me hard. He screamed when I made mistakes, but he did not try to humiliate me when I made a mistake. That wasn't his thing with me. Not saying it wasn't his thing with other people because I know that it was, but that's why I'm saying sometimes just have a conversation off the field. And, you know, talk to somebody, get to know them a little bit and have a real man to man conversation. So you have success. Did you start 97? I did. I did. Started in 97. We went to the Fiesta Bowl, won the Fiesta Bowl um, and then started in 98. Uh, We were really good. We had a bad game against A&M. Let's not get into that. Um, Yeah. But and then, um, you know, after that. I had an opportunity. I'd kind of had a little knee injury, but let's just call it what it was. I wasn't good enough to play in the NFL. Just because you start two years at a really, really good school, and K-State, we were really good in 1997, even better in 98, that doesn't mean that you're able to play in the NFL. It does not mean that. And I got there. I got to Cincinnati, um, and I just wasn't good enough. I just wasn't good enough. And – I think when I found out that I wasn't good enough, I'm like, you know what? It's time to do something else. Because I know some guys chase the dream and chase the dream. I'd seen it, and I'm like, I'm not going to make it. It is what it is. I get it. It's time to to do something else with life. 
I like that. That's yeah. a solid story. And then yeah. from, from and then from from there, just got into sports media and just. Yeah, well, I mean, I did mortgages for 21 years, but I'd always wanted to do sports talk. I listened to all the sports talk shows. I was real yeah. big into 810 and 610 when I lived in Kansas City because I moved from K-State uh, in 2000 and, and lived in Kansas City for 11 years. Uh, I listened to all of those shows, had a great time uh, in Kansas City, uh, and then moved to Dallas. Well, right when and moved to Dallas, was that two? Th- it was 12 years ago, so it's 2000. Huh, okay. Um, or 2001. What? 2001, we moved to Dallas. 20, 22 years ago. Oh, yeah. 2011. <laughs> 2011 is when we moved to Dallas. And uh, so, but I'd wanted to get into it. And that was kind of right when podcasting was just really kind of taking off. And I had talked to my brother. My brother had done, um, he was basically like the voice of my high school. He announced the basketball games, the football games. Um he had even done some semi-pro wrestling at some events in Louisville. He was really, really good at this. Random. And unfortunately, <laughs> he passed away in 2013, and we never got the chance to do it together. Oh, bummer. Uh, it's just one of those things. And, and, and then I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then this past December, it finally got to a point in my mortgage world, and I just told my wife. My wife had been pushing me to do this for five years previous. And I was like, no, 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 can't do that. And she just kind of put her foot down and said, Brian, this is your dream. Just go do it. And this is what I'm doing. So, and I love every second of it. It's a grind. Um, It's not easy. Uh, I know a lot of people think you can just snap your fingers and talk sports. It doesn't work that way. I mean, you got to prepare. But for the most part, I I love every aspect of it. And uh, I plan on doing this as long as I can. There you go. Now we're here. We made That's it here. Right. Absolutely. I know, Absolutely. I know you have some experience. Uh, you, you did some work with uh, K-State football. I, I can't remember if it was post-game or if it was. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. I, what, what did what did you used to do with, uh, with K-State? And if, so, are you still uh, doing it? Well, I think we're going a different direction. I still am part of it, doing with uh, Tim Fitzgerald at Go That's Power right. Cat. Uh, did post-game podcast with them just kind of reviewing the games i've done that the last three years um and it's been fun it is fun i love me and fitz i love talking football and just breaking down the game that's the thing that i love so much about football is it's not just talking about the game but it's talking about the inner workings of the game i think uh being old offensive lineman you guys know you know it it's a lot of thinking that that goes on to play the position and for me that's the fun part is like breaking down a play that's like when i go to a game i kind of like to sit on the side and so you can see plays develop and then i tell my wife did you see this did you see that she doesn't understand but at the same time i still have her to say that too so i just love breaking down football and anytime that i get an opportunity to talk about the the fine minutia of football i do it love it yeah it's a good time i like it really really like it and that's why that's why you're here, Big B, because we like talking football too. Um, I appreciate the opportunity, man. I'm gonna have a yeah. ton of fun with you guys, man. I, I absolutely cannot thank you guys enough, man. It's gonna be real fun. If you guys hadn't caught the first episode that we did with uh, with Big B, I think it was kind of later or earlier on in the in the off season. We're kind of shifting gears of of outside the trenches. Going to be a little bit more league focused. We're still going to talk about the big chief storylines because 
Chiefs are the sometimes the biggest storyline in the NFL going on. Uh, so we're still going to talk a little bit of Chiefs. We're still gonna we're going to talk a little bit more uh, National League focused, but we're still going to have Blind Nil as well. That's not going anywhere, and we'll get to Blind Nil coming up right after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. To Outside the Trenches here on KC Sports Network, presented by Five Farms. This is our blind nil segment. If you're not familiar, uh, we all have a uh, – this is this is from the mind of Nick Lucky right here, this, uh, this segment. <laughs> we all have a topic that we are going to bring – to the group here. We don't know what you what, what each other are going to talk about. It's kind of a spur of the moment type thing. And then we we, we go, we discuss, we talk about it. Um, it can be football related, non-football related. We're all going to see where it goes. But Nick, do you want to start us off first? I would love to. I would love to. Uh, so this is the time of year, my, I, my least favorite time of year, because everybody's a champion and it's our year. We're going to win it all and it's going to be great. And we've already booked our tickets to the Super Bowl and, and everything like that. So I thought I'd throw a wrench cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a B side guy. I'm a contrarian. You know, that's just who I am. And I, I think differently, you know, I'm a big weirdo. If I didn't have football, I'd be a big dork. I love comic books. love to read a lot too. Uh, technology stuff. Anyways, that being said, it's, it's contender time of year. Who doesn't have a shot? <laughs> who, who should be making vacation plans uh, for, you know, week week 19? Because you know you ain't making the playoffs. Like, you know, like, it ain't going to happen. Like, your coach is like, we're going to go. We're going to do this. And you're like, no, we're not. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Who, who is that squad? And then, you know, based off X, X, and X that you're like, I just don't see it. You know, I don't see them – really getting it together interesting um i can start i mean if we're doing multiple teams i got multiple teams but i will i'll start off with one is the indianapolis colts oh my god the indianapolis colts have no chance their organization is literally bad mouthing the players their running back doesn't want to play for them they their quarterback they're going to start this rookie which i think he actually has a future but his lower body mechanics could be some of the worst that I've ever Ugh, seen. He yeah. needs a year to sit and just get those together. They don't have a chance to make the playoffs. And I think they'll be out of it by week seven. Oh, they, they're, they're going to be horrible, horrible. I mean, what team wants to play for them right now? I mean, if you just sit and think about it, you got the best player on your team and the owner came out and said, if he's not on the team or not in the national football league, the league will go on. Yeah. So if the owner doesn't care about him, who does he really care about? Quit Nelson? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It's, it's, maybe. That may be the one saver why they don't go over. Then, oh. right? I mean, so, so they might not go 08 Lions because of Quentin Nelson. Then, right? Oh. Like that's, oh, boy. That's a – Colts is a good one. The uh, That's not one that I thought of. Uh, I mean, they even got their backup running back breaking his arm. Like, they've yes. got – they've got – they've just got all kinds of stuff going on. I don't know what's up with like former Colts quarterbacks too, like getting hurt because, or I should say running backs. Um, I think Raheem Moser also got, or I can't remember who it was also got hurt. There's a couple of guys who was it? Naeem Hines got hit in the side with like a jet ski when he was oh, on a jet ski and yeah. tore his ACL. He's yeah. playing for the bills, but like there's a lot of, of running backs with Colts connections that keep getting hurt. The first team that I actually thought of Nick, and I don't know if this is like, <laughs> if this is uh, justified, 
but are the Bucks. I don't know. For some reason, I just don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are really going to be in it. Um, they got that quarterback competition right now. I don't know if you guys saw it. Adam Schefter tweeted out like the, yeah. their first depth chart and was like, I've never seen an or on a depth chart before. But yeah. he must not have seen a lot of depth charts before. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Um, because that's on there all the time. Uh, but like it's between Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Uh, <laughs> not the uh, most star studded quarterback competition, if you could say so. Um, maybe it's unfair to, for me to just uh, automatically count the Bucks out. Uh, but it's but the the quarterback position is any indication of how they're going to be this year. I don't think it's going to be a very good year. Their one benefit though, they got the Panthers and then you know the, yeah. and the Saints. I mean, so I mean, you're not going to be as bad as Indianapolis. Falcons, yeah. You know, I mean, so far, oh, I forgot Falcons ha- uh, had a team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought the I thought the I thought the Marta bus was going to park in front of the team and you just were going to be able to watch football like the like the demolition. You know, so I, oh, I thought it yeah. would be a thing. Okay, I like that. All right, so my thing, and like I said, this is why I thought the Commanders, if the Commanders come out lose lose two or three in a row, the, it, it wheels might be off the bus then, right? Yeah. Book your vacations, right? But uh, I'm going to go with my original, and I'm just going to go with the obvious choice here. And, you know, as a Kansas City-friendly podcast, I'm not pandering, but it makes sense to choose the Raiders, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't oh yeah! Even have they couldn't fire their coach? Is, is that because they didn't have enough money? To Not enough money to buy him out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. Like that's something, Adam Schefter. I've never heard that. It's like we yeah. won't fire you, but we can't. Unbelievable. We can't. We don't have the money, so it's like we're gonna right. keep you. Um, they they hired the most handsomest uh, quarterback. Yep, yep. Uh, in in the league, Jimmy G. My wife says no, and I'm like, "You're silly. It's okay to <laughs> lie." But Jimmy G. Give him his props. But I mean, he can't get it done. And when he was with the Niners, and he had the weapons too, and it had like the system, Shanahan, all this stuff. And he's going to go to dysfunctional Raiders who lost Waller. Yeah. Right. Lost lost Waller, and he was, and then Josh Jacobs is holding out. Right. Yeah. He's, it's- I mean, it's like, what do you got in offense? I mean, is your defense going to score 20 times? I don't think so. I don't think, think Max Crosby has, has what it takes, you know. To, yeah, it's a bad recipe at the Raiders. You got a yeah. bad offensive line, a bad defensive line. You got Devontae Adams. But if you can't keep your quarterback upright, I mean, I mean, David Carr took a beating yeah. and Garoppolo gets hurt every time somebody yeah. touches him. It's, yeah. ooh. Yeah, and, it's and, and, and we're not even factoring in everything else. Yeah. Look yeah. how good. Look how good. Like, look how who could they play twice? Yes. Yes. I played two I pretty mean, good teams twice. Well, that's four games right there that you could probably. Who are yeah. you saying? Well, I was no, just are you, you just counting Denver. Yeah, I am. Sean Payton and. Let me see it, man. I just that's I all I'm saying. Is let me see I'll it. Fill you there. I'll fill under you the there. bus, Peyton, huh? <laughs> <laughs> under the bus, Peyton. <laughs> hey, I, I, I think Denver's actually going to be better. I, I really think that I'm taking your advice on this one, Nick. I yeah. think Denver's going to be better because number one, you know their defense is going to be really good. That's true. Yes. It's going to be good, and if you can get anything out of russell wilson anything anything just anything, anything they are going to have a chance man because they got weapons they got weapons man they'll be able to move the ball so we'll see to be yeah. fair it is hard to be worse than what they were last year uh, <laughs> to be fair that is um true. i i i'm a missouri kid born and raised so you got to show me that's just a part of it there i, I want to see there it first from the show uh, me exactly there. but no, that was the solid okay 
But then, okay, but then if you if you, if you tabulate them, who who's going to be the champion? Who's going to be the worst of the worst then? With those three, then I mean, oh. I don't. Indy, Indy, the Indy one is looking nuts. Here's the thing. I could even throw another one in there. I was going to say the Cardinals at first. The Car- I think I Cardinals are too. going to be pathetic. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, is there a new call? Is there a new Call of Duty coming out? I mean, yes, there is. Yeah, there is. They're, yeah, there is. they're <laughs> out just in time. They're so out. unbelievable. Out, I just, yeah. I, I really think the Colts are going to be bad. I think it's just dysfunction. And when you have dysfunction from the top down, you know, in a season where guys are questioning whether the owner even cares about you at all. I mean, I, and most players understand that it's a business and they care about their bottom line. But when the the owner literally comes out and says it, that, that's got to do something to you. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's I, I just think situation. the Colts will be bad. It has all the hallmarks of Jerry Jones calling a shot in the late nineties. Yeah. Uh, when the yeah. Cowboys were irrelevant or in the you know, mid two thousands where he would come in and like say, Cowboys are back this year. And it's like, yes, we get it. Texas is back. Dallas is back. Everyone's yeah. back, you know? So, but yeah, when, when, the, when the owner interferes like that and calls you out, like, why, why am I catching straight bullets from my owner? Like, exactly. I like, yeah, that could add a whole nother level <laughs> of dissent. But then the coach thing too, the coach thing in Vegas is just, it's a weird situation an nfl team doesn't have enough money to fire a coach is absolutely (laughs) insane it's but it's a raiders it's a raider i mean what do you expect they get they're gonna raider yeah (laughs) uh no it's well i just looked up when the new call of duty releases november 10th right in the middle of right in the middle of the season so (laughs) kyler is cooked Uh, all right big v let's get to what you got what do you got for our uh you know here um, you know, last time I felt like I put on a big Debbie Downer, so I <laughs> okay. am doing something a little fun this time. I, I little put a little thought into this one. Is who is your all-time favorite cartoon character? And it can be oh as far God. back as you hmm. want, but cartoon character. I will start. And, and, okay. and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been that, giddy that, about that'd this. Be good. I've been that'd so be good. excited about this. It, but mine's a little off the cuff. Yosemite Sam. Hmm. I like Yosemite Sam. First of all, he had a bad attitude. You know, <laughs> He's just so a bad. Hor- horrible attitude. Wah, 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 wah. Yes. <laughs> and if, it, if they allowed him to cuss, he would cuss everybody out. Instead, he just talking about that rooting, tooting son of a gun. You yeah. know, always shooting his guns, and he was only a foot and a half tall. Maybe, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe seventeen inches. Yeah, seventeen. 17, I love 16 inches, Yosemite yeah. Sam, and even though he always got tricked, and I always felt bad for him, but he was my favorite. Yosemite Sam, mm, my damn. favorite guy. So we're th- like, like, okay, so cartoon characters, right? Yeah. So you could say SpongeBob. You could say absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. See, there's so many to to pick from. Like, right. where I'm thinking, like, I, I'm thinking, like, do I go iconic? Uh, do I go new school? Do I go? Do I go? Is it have to be on TV, or can it be like animated, or it can be mm. like like comic books, or you know, here's that's my thing. So let's say, let's go that same realm. Let's go that same realm. Um, you know what's funny? You know, I thought it was interesting and his way. Uh, way ahead of the curve, but like way behind the curve too. And it have to be um, uh, Yosemite Sam's nemesis, I'd say. I'd say, oh no, I don't want to be too cheesy though. 
It's a really good one, B. <laughs> Listen, I think I think for me, especially in the area the era that I grew up in, uh, you know, I was I was born. 1998 was when I was born. So what the wheelhouse was for me growing up was SpongeBob. And like that's that was the big thing in the 2000 was SpongeBob. Uh, that's the guy that everybody watched. Um, and I was trying to think of like even more. I watched a lot of Tom and Jerry too, like on the Boomerang channel. Um, and those are always always good uh, cartoons. But I think SpongeBob for me is probably the top spot. Yeah, I, I like SpongeBob. Um, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead um, along the same lines of just I like Foghorn Leghorn. Yes, mm, you know another he, one. He was, he was he was confident. He was, and he had the I do, I do say, I do say, I do say. <laughs> I'll come over here now, and 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 he he he'd smash anything, right? He was yes. a tough guy. And then when he battled the sheepdog, or was that someone else? I no, don't know, he did. But no, and he so did. like yeah, and I just like Foghorn Leghorn. Like he's just standing upright. Like he looks like a like a man in a yeah. chicken suit. That's right. right? That's how they grew him. <laughs> there was no motion of like, you know, being a, a rooster or whatever. No. He, was, he was upright the whole time. And and he reminded me of like any old like high school coach. And yeah. it was just funny to me. His vernacular, <laughs> his mannerisms, it was funny. Um, yeah. So Foghorn Leghorn. I wanted to say Bugs Bunny because mm. Bugs Bunny was just the ultimate rascal. And, and Bugs Bunny should dress up in drag back in the day, right? Like nobody like said anything. No, he sure did. He sure did. Right? So I mean, like you do that now, he's getting canceled or something. That's right. right. Like, but he and it was cool, and we were cool yeah. with it because you know Bugs Bunny's to cross dress. Absolutely, no big deal. And it was like, all right. So there was like that's the element to me. Looking back, you're like, man, I was ahead of the curve. Cartoons. Oh, but then, you know, but then that's why the Foghorn Leghorn to me, I, I just like, I think Foghorn Leghorn was the ultimate, ultimate character. Because Bugs, Bugs gets all the attention. Mm-hmm. Bugs Correct. gets all the attention. Correct. As, as, as Bugs should, right? Yep. But yeah, so I, that's why I'd say Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. The reason that all came to me is uh, flying back, I was from vacation. I was looking at, they, you know, you have, sometimes you have those little free movies or whatever, and his cartoons came on, and I was like, let me look at this old Bugs Bunny. I'm like, you know what? I ref- this guy was my guy. I remember mm. all of that. And I'm like, oh, Yosemite Sam. I'm like, First of all, those <laughs> cartoons, if you go back as an adult and watch them, they are hilarious. <laughs> all the jokes are all adult jokes. Every single one really? of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they are all hilarious. You're like, Oh wow! I can't believe they said that. I go, I was eight years old and I didn't get it. I get it now. It's hilarious. Yeah. So it is great. And the propaganda too. Yes, like, like the, the country propaganda. You know, Absolutely. the Russian, the Asian propaganda. There was a yeah. lot of propaganda. Those things there. Yes, there was subversion. But you're right. You want to talk about the coolest? I think. Yeah, you're right. Yosemite Sam. That was a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a really good one. <laughs> That's a really good one. He's a I man's really- man at two feet tall. <laughs> i was a big space jam guy when i was a kid the first the og space jam so I he used was to watch in that. that yeah i used to watch that that og space jam on the vhs all the time uh so all of those cartoons are very well uh ingrained in my memory but talk kind of i kind of on the same vein is the is the what i kind of had my um my blind nail about because this I thought about this, you know, in the NFL, they have these playoff games and they do these right, other games on Nickelodeon, right? They've been doing these Nickelodeon games. Love those. So I want to know from you guys, this is my blind nail. 
what other channel would you love to see an NFL game broadcasted on? Doesn't have to be necessarily like a like a, a traditional one that you think would what what kind of twist mm. would you want to see put on an NFL game? In a, hey, in a look, hey, I'll tell you straight up, I miss Dennis Miller on Monday Night Football. Like he was, yeah, he was funny. so far ahead of the curve, right? Yeah, he and it's was. like he brings this like Frazier esque element to NFL football, and we just didn't get it, right? Correct. We, we were too young back in the day to get Dennis Miller. So have like, like, I don't know, John Stewart or someone who's a big NFL guy. So like comedy central would, I mean, that'd be comedy yeah. central. Like, I don't, you know, but yeah, um, probably. I like the idea of having like a smart comedian uh, up there, like talking football. Like, I, I think it'd be, it'd be fantastic, um, you know, to have that. This is something I thought about. I'm like, he got panned, but I'd honestly rather have that than um, Troy Aikman. Is, is yeah. he doing Monday night? He's yeah. Monday night. Him and him and Joe Bucker are from the fo- they went from Fox to ESPN, but they're doing Monday nights now. Yeah. I know that's sacrilegious to say I'm from Dallas and not like Troy Aikman. Just from an announcer standpoint, I think you know someone I like you know bring some enthusiasm, right? Bring bring yeah. some Yosemite Sam, you know bring do <laughs> mm-hmm. Yosemite Sam. But um, honestly, you can't go that. I actually watch. I, I look forward to those games. That's the only reason. I only Thursday night game I've ever actually or purposely watched was the ones on Nickelodeon. Mm. Like where they have like the splash zone. Cause I remember all that stuff, right? You get mm-hmm. the, the green slime, you get the whatever. And it's like, the graphics are great. They have a double kid dare. announcer. Double dare. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Great show. What was the show they did with the temple? Temple uh, run. That was, that was the iPhone game. game. No, no, they did it after that. Yeah, Mayan was, madness. Mayan madness. Yeah. It was something like that. I can't remember. I did, was, I remember. I love double dare. I mean, that was great. It seemed like they always had to find a flag out of like cake batter or something like that. (laughs) Hey, you find a flag, put it in your shirt. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The eighties were wild. Like just absolutely wild. Right. You got 12 year olds putting, you know, flags in their shirts, looking for stuff. And, and the host is a, is OCD. Like, yeah. So you have all this chaos. Tucker, do you have any clue what, what we're talking about? I yeah I've seen Double Dare before. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you know, okay. okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. just double check it. Just double check <laughs> yeah, it. I get okay. It. For me, I don't know. You know, I, I, that's a great question. Give me the Hallmark Channel. Let's mm. do something soft yes. and see how it goes. This big tough football game, and let's see, get some people from the Hallmark Channel that have been in some movies, and let them announce football. Yeah. And get them out of their comfort zone, <laughs> and not do it as a hallmark. Do it as somebody tough and mean uh, no, and crazy. A character, yeah, tough character from a hallmark. Uh, absolutely, special. absolutely. I think mm. that would be wonderful. It would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, give me the hallmark channel, man, and get people out of their comfort zone. People tend tend to be a little bit more real when they get out of their comfort zones. It's true. Absolutely. Well, and I love to me. I've always told my wife, I wouldn't. I want to be an actor. But I want to get in the in the Hallmark movie, the Lifetime movie cycle, right? Oh, yeah. Where like maybe maybe you've seen me before, but you don't know my name, but you've seen me a thousand <laughs> times, right? Yes. And I'm just this this typecast character that you've seen all the Hallmark movies. Like <laughs> yeah. I I could be like like the like the 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 boy from from hometown who girl moves back. 
mm-hmm. and is fighting the big city boyfriend who doesn't care, but I'm the I'm the the hometown boyfriend who cares, and I win her heart back because I help her rebuild Christmas or I save the local toy factory yep, uh, from being shut down by by New York money. You know, mm, <laughs> like, there you go, there you go. I love the feel. I love the feel of Hallmark movies. Yes. You know, it just it's gonna end well. It's like a snow globe. Nothing <laughs> happens outside of it, right? Nothing. Oh, the flight's delayed. Oh, it's canceled. What's gonna happen? I don't know. Yeah. Feel good stuff. Feel good. It's weird because when I get in, my mom comes in town and they turn on him or her, my wife, turn it on at Christmas time. I'll get into it. Yes, and 100%. even though it'll be 75 100%. movies, it's the same people in every movie, and I don't even mind. I literally <laughs> don't mind at all. I just okay, yeah, he's doing something different. <laughs> Playing the same type of character, but a different name. Like, yep. okay, I get it. I love it. Yep. That's a good I'm wild. one. I know. I, I'm, I'm crazy like that. I get into it, man. I get into it. <laughs> see, see, that's a good one. My thought was like uh, maybe Bravo. You know how they do those Bravo reality TV shows, doing some like oh. reality TV type, yeah. the trash TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the other one, too, is like the Jersey Shore MTV era of just like uh, putting an NFL game on there would be quite, quite a deal. Um, but I think reality TV, you get some reality TV stars. I think they did a direct TV commercial about that even too, both uh-huh. real housewives and mixing it with football. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's some legs there. I think there's some legs. Well, it'd be like, a bunch of mistakes. There'd be a bunch of cussing going on. Yeah. A whole bunch of, a Drinks would be involved. Drinks oh, would yeah. Be involved. People would be drunk would by the middle involved. of the second quarter. I, I like love that. it. Love it. That might be the best. That might be the best. Like maybe you got to put it like on like I don't know where it's like a non whatever channel where you can mm-hmm. curse. Yeah, right? absolutely. And absolutely. maybe it's maybe it's the second Monday night game on the one right the, on that yeah. one time where they do like the second Monday night game and they just put that on. I would watch that. And if yeah. I would just love real talk, like everything and just yeah. tangents, right? Just tangents, and I think that'd be fun. I think there's yep. a lot of Bravo people you could do. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. But the Croc Hunter would have been great. Just, oh, just Animal Planet, a little bit Animal a, Planet, actor. Animal Planet, like out there doing it too. Yeah, he goes so many up and oh. sneaking up on somebody. That's what yeah. he did to the quarterback. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> like a little direct TV, or like not direct TV, a, a Discovery Channel type yes. documentary. Oh, the guy, the guy, the guy in the low voice, Planet Earth oh. type stuff. Yeah, it appears that Patrick Mahomes is waiting in like a stocking. Line. <laughs> go back there and to throw something. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be really good. Be solid. I like that. Lots of options. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, let us know with a five star review. If you're listening to this on the uh, on our uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify platforms, or wherever you listen to podcasts, I'll never judge you for wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch them everywhere. Uh, but we really appreciate you guys listening all the way to the end of the podcast. Got to thank our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur for sticking it out with us to this football season. Make sure to go check them out. Hey, talking about uh, Hallmark movies, you know where they have filmed Hallmark movies? In Weston, Missouri, where the Five Arms Irish Cream uh, is is bottled and and takes place there. Our friends at Holiday Distillery, right in the thick of all of those uh, (laughs) movies up there. So for Nick Lucky and Brian Hanley, I'm Tucker Franklin. We will talk to you guys next week on Outside the Trenches. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU. 
K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.